Yo, what is up, UFC 295? Obviously, I'm disappointed because John Jones isn't fighting. Unfortunately, he tore his peck. So we will not see John Jones and Stipe Miocic in a while. But we do have a good card in hand with uh, them elevating Yuri Prohaska and Alex Pajeda as the main event and bringing in Sergei Pavlovich and Tom Aspinall for the heavyweight interim championship, which, in my opinion, is a better fight than John Jones and Stipe. It's not a... F- in terms of excitement, right? I don't mean it's a better fight because they're better. And they could be. They eventually might be if they're not. But everybody wants to see John Jones versus Stipe because that is a premier fight against two greats. Um, probably a little bit. Later than we wanted to, age-wise. John Jones is still not 40, but Stipe's 40. But you get what you get, right? Stipe's been in a lot of wars. Stipe's been holding it down in the heavyweight division. John's been holding it down in the light heavyweight. And I don't think this will fully prove if John would have won that he's the greatest, greatest of all time because he beat Stipe. But it'll be a good litmus test to see how great he could have been. Because Stipe is still Stipe. I don't care if you've slowed down a little bit. And John's still John. He looked like John when he fought Cyril Gone. So. But let's get to this card. Uh, I don't know the 145ers that are opening the card. So I'm not going to talk much about them. But Diego Lopez and Pat Sabatini are fighting. Let's look at their records. Pat Sabatini. Last fight was uh, versus Lucas Almeida, where he uh, won by an arm triangle in the second round. That's pretty good. Previously lost to Damon Jackson. Uh, then wins over TJ Laramie, Tucker Lutz, Jamal Emers, Tristan Conley. And that's his UFC stint. So Tristan Conley, Jamal Emers, Tucker Lutz, TJ Laramie all wins. Lost to Damon Jackson and then beat Lucas Almeida. And let's see Diego Lopez. I've seen him fight before, but, you know, it's... This smaller weight class guys kind of run together for me. Because uh, after Mighty Mouse left, I kind of really didn't pay attention much. Uh, Gavin Tucker... Oh, I must have seen both of his fights then, because he has not been in the UFC long... Yeah, I watched Sterling versus Cejudo, so I lost him lose to Mosvar Evolov. But I think he did well, or he did way better than uh, the commentators thought he was going to be. And Gavin Tucker, he beat Gavin Tucker in uh, Corey Sandhagen versus Rob Font. So, there's not, for me, I haven't done enough research, and I don't think there's enough information on Diego Lopez to make a well-informed pick. We can say Pat Sabatini will take this fight because of uh, experience in the UFC octagon outside of fighting, but it does look like Diego Lopez has had an extensive career thus far. It's not like this is his first fight. He's been fighting pro since... 2012 and he is 28 years old so he's been fighting for a long time um 22 wins 
six losses. Let's see, Pat Pat has 18 wins, four losses, but he has several fights in the UFC. And he, well, he had some amateur fights in 2008, 9, 10, and 12. So he's also not a spring chicken when it comes to how many fights he's been in. So I think this will be a good fight. Like I said, Pat Sabatini probably takes this by uh, seniority and experience in the ring. Not to say Diego Lopez can pull something out. They're both relatively the same age, I would say, in terms of the amounts of fighting, right? Wear and tear on the body, 28 for Diego Lopez and 33. Shout out to the 90s baby, Pat Sabatini. But who knows? Those are always fun fights to watch because they're really good with their cardio and they never really stop going. So... For pick's sake, I got Sabatini, just because I really don't know much about either of them. But we'll we'll tune in and watch. This is happening today. I know it's a little late, and it's because I haven't moved my desk yet. So if you guys are still wondering, no, I haven't moved my desk yet. I still have to I have to take it apart to take it out of my room. So I'm trying to prolong that process as long as possible because I do not want to take this desk apart i'd rather take my pc apart than this desk because it comes in three pieces because it's an angled desk if it was just a flat desk i'd try to figure out how to maneuver it through my house but since it's an angled desk i have no chance of trying to angle this anywhere anyways let's get to the next fight benoit saint denis versus matt frivola now this should be a good fight because matt frivola is always looking for fight and benoit saint denis well his nickname is the god of war so when we're looking at their last fights it looks like saint denis is tko win submission win tko win submission win Decision loss. I don't remember that one. But his last four fights he's won. And Matt Matt Frivola, he's on a 3-5 win streak. Both these guys have been in UFC for a while. Let's see. 2018, 2017. And Benoit Saint-Denis has been UFC since... Oh, 2021. But he's been on a tear. I guess I just actually tune into all his fights. Volkov, Rosenstruck, gone, Tuivas. Yeah, I did tune into all those fights because he's on cards that I paid attention to. Now, I do watch all the cards, but not all the cards as are as exciting as you'd like. So, Mapravola, 11 and 3 and 1. St. Denis, 12 and 1. TKO, face crank, TKO, sub for Benoit. Let's see the three fights. TKO, KO, TKO. So, Matt Favola is looking to, to make a finish. It looks like every time. He has one, two, two decisions, three decisions. Lost by KO to Terrence McKinney. Lost by decision to Armand Sarukian. Lost a decision versus Luis Pena, but it was a split. Lost to Jalen Turner. Unanimous decision, Land of Venata, or majority draw. I think that's what I remember Matt Favola from, and everyone was confused. Uh, I think this is going to be a Rock'em Sock'em Robots type of fight. I think Benoit Saint-Denis might pull it out. Um, 
Uh, yeah, not much. I don't have much information on them either. What weight class is this at? Actually, reopen. 155. Okay, so they might be up and comers. That's why I don't really know much about them. But now we're getting down to the last three fights. So fight that everybody's looking at. Mackenzie Dern versus Jessica Andrade. Now, it's been stated that... Mackenzie, well, she said this in the interview that it's still she's still going through a difficult time with her divorce and trying to get things squared away. So you don't want that to be a distraction. And she is a great mother. She's always bringing her daughter to the fights to to show that women can do anything because women can do anything right. You don't need to show them through fighting. But this is how she chooses to express that. But she's fighting a buzzsaw in Jessica Andrade. Now, as you guys have known, Jessica Andrade is a kill or be killed type of fighter. She will either knock you out or get knocked out or lose in some weird fashion. So her last few fights, she became the champion in 2019, slamming Rose on her head, loses to Whaley. Then loses to Rose, beats Caitlin Chukagan to get back up, loses to Valentina, moves back down, <laughs> beats Cynthia Cavallo, Cav- uh, well, Calvillo, beats Amanda Lemos, beats Lauren Murphy, then moves back up to try and fight for a title again, loses to Aaron Blanchfield, loses to Yan Xiaonan, and loses to Tatiana Suarez. Now, I can't say that she's ever looked like she's been out of a fight, but she ends up losing somehow. Now, I will not say sit here and say that Mackenzie Dern is a stone-cold, drag-out, hard-nosed type of fighter. She's more technical in the ground game, obviously. You know, she's a world champion in jiu-jitsu. She likes striking. She's not a great striker, but she strikes to set up takedowns and ground game. So I think she'll be looking to try and bait Jessica Andrade into swinging big so she can take her down and try to use her Brazilian jiu-jitsu prowess to neutralize whatever Jessica Andrade's got going on. Because although she's been on a a three-fight losing streak, it's not that she doesn't crack. I mean, she still gave Tatiana Suarez a run for her money because she looked like she was doing well. But on the ground, she kind of just got ragdolled because Tatiana Suarez is a great wrestler. Got on the ground, submitted her. Now, I don't think Mackenzie Dern is that great of a wrestler in terms of getting a takedown. But if you can bait somebody into getting off balance and getting an arm drag, getting a trip, or even driving through in a counter to get him to the ground. That would be her key to victory there. What do I see this turning out to be? I think maybe a third round. Uh, yeah, maybe a third round submission by Mackenzie Dern. She weathers the storm. Jessica Andrade gets a little lazy, maybe. Or a little tired. I know she's been in plenty of five-rounders. Or at least... Um, 
train for a plenty of five rounders. So it's not to say it's guaranteed, but I see it happening that way. So I got Mackenzie Dern by submission, third round. Coming up to the big replacement fight, which is Sergey Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall. As we know, Tom Aspinall had that knee injury versus Curtis Blades. Before that, he was on a tear in the UFC, looking really great. And saying that he wanted to slow roll to the top, and then he had that injury, and he was out for a year, and then he realized that, man, he needs to step up and get as much as he can out of his body, because who knows what's going to happen next. He never thought there was going to be a full-out knee injury. He he did state, and I think it was he was talking to Michael Bisping, that he felt like his, there was something wrong with his knee, but it wasn't stopping him from training, so he never stopped. And then, obviously, we know during Curtis Blaze, he checked a kick, stepped back, and uh, I think he tore his ACL. Uh, it was hard to watch. But he comes back the very next year versus Marcin Tabura and kind of just looks... Even better. First round knockout or TKO, elbows and punches. And then we move on to Sergey Pavlovich, which outside of Alistair Overeem, he sent everybody to the Shadow Realm in some way or form. <laughs> I'm looking at his record right now. Marcelo Gorm, KO. Maurice Green, TKO. Shamil Abdur- Miaf, Arip Abdurek. Him off, <laughs> TKO, Derek Lewis, TKO, Ty Tuivasa, KO, Curtis Blades, TKO. <coughs> so we see he does not like to go outside of the first round because he's never been outside of the first round in the UFC. Even in his loss, he got KO'd in the first round. So I don't see that happening here. I mean, it's heavyweight, so anybody can get knocked out at any time. But Tom Espinal is great on the ground. Uh, I don't see Tom Espinal playing around to see if he can play chicken with Sergey Pavlovich to see if he can knock him out. At least I don't think, I don't think that's the plan to do that immediately. If it happens, it will happen. But if he does it, or if he doesn't do it, it's not that big of a deal. I do see Tom Aspinall winning. I can't see a path to victory in terms of like what exactly he's going to do. Because it's heavyweights. I think he might do something on the ground because Sergey has not proved anything on the ground. But who knows? Maybe it's because we haven't seen anything on the ground because he just punches everybody's lights out. He doesn't need to show anything on the ground. And the only reason why I know Tom Aspinall is going on the ground it's he that was his first training modality, which was Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and he's been doing it. He's thirty. He's he said he started when he was like eight, <laughs> so he's been doing it for a long time. From what I know and what I've been told, I don't know much about Sergey Pavlovich's past. Obviously, he's from Russia, so he's probably well versed in everything fighting, not just combat fighting. So I still got Tom Aspinall winning. Uh, at most the third round, but I don't see it getting past the second. 
And we'll see for, I think this is for the light heavyweight championship. Let me see. I actually don't know. Let's see. Let's see. The, the, yep. For the vacant light heavyweight championship. So Yuri Prohaska versus Alex Pajeda. So we both, we all know Yuri Prohaska was out for a year. I think it was a year. Yep. June twenty. 22 and it's November so a little bit over a year he had a severe shoulder injury which vacated the title then uh Jamal Hill won the title towards Achilles vacated the title Yuri Prohaska was looking for a rematch or a fight with Jamal Hill which is probably would have been this fight but in comes in Alex Pojeda we all know he just lost to Israel Asanya, but he beats Jan Blahovic in a split decision. And a lot of people say he doesn't deserve the title fight. But I mean, the biggest... Uh, how can I say this? He's not the biggest puncher, biggest kicker. But he's the most one of the most recent... Title fight contenders. The weird split draw. Versus uh, Magomed Ekolaev. Everybody's injured. It was a combination of a lot of things for this fight to have to happen. Um, This is also a weird fight to try and gauge. Because I wouldn't say... <clears throat> I wouldn't say Yuri Prohaska has a style. It seems to me I haven't watched enough of his fights back to to really pinpoint what it is. But it looks really wild. I mean, if you watched the Yuri Prohaska versus Glover Teixeira fight, that was so back and forth that I can't tell you who is winning. Other than Yuri Prohaska choked out um, Glover Teixeira, right? <clears throat> and with Alex Pajeda, we know that he contains cannonballs for hands. And I don't know if Yuri has the skills to to stop that. I mean, they're both 6'4", so it's not like... Someone is way bigger than the other. Sorry about that. I was reading for a second. But judging by his UFC fights, it's weird to see Alex Pajeda only has eight wins, two losses, ten total fights in the UFC. Or not even ten total. Hold on. Jumbo fight LFA. So he has four fights outside of the UFC. <clears throat> the other six are inside the UFC. And Yuri Prohaska, man, that bird wants something outside. And Yuri Prohaska has is twenty nine and three. How many fights? He only has three fights in UFC. So it's it's two newcomers, but two newcomers that have a lot of fight experience. So I again, these fights are hard to gauge because need. I know Alex Pereira is going to strike, but Yuri Prohaska has more of a MMA bag 
uh, per se, if we're if we're just judging on skills. But a lot of times, more skills doesn't mean better. We all see that with Derek Lewis because he's he has the most knockouts in UFC history, and skill for skill, you would think every heavyweight's better than Derek Lewis, but he has that many wins. Right. So when I go when I see this fight, I think Alex. If it goes long, I see Yuri, but I don't see it going long because Yuri's pretty aggressive, and Alex is always looking for a counter. So I'm going to say Alex Pajeda by knockout in the second round. Not really confident in that pick, but it might happen, and we'll all see it. We'll all see it happen, and we'll see if if uh, Yuri Prosk can take a punch from Alex Pajeda, right? And that's the card. Let's see. So I got Pat Sabatini, Benoit Saint-Denis. Oh, I, I literally got every challenger, it looks like. Tom Aspinall and Alex Pajeda. I got everybody on the right side of all the cards. So let's tune in tonight. It should be a good fight. I know we're all disappointed that John Jones and Stipe aren't fighting, but, you know, that's how the fight game is. People get injured. People have to pull out. And I, I would rather much see... John and Stipe fight, and both of them retire. Hopefully, it kind of happens that way. If not, you know, I'll be looking forward to seeing John and Stipe fight again after that. Either way, guys, I promise I'll figure out how to get this desk out of this room so I can have better audio. But until then, we're stuck with this. Uh, But who knows? Who knows how long we're going to be in the office still. But I'm cleaning it out. I'll eventually stop being so lazy and pull pull the desk out of here, take it apart, and <laughs> bring it to the, the other room. All right, you guys. Sorry for the delay in more podcasts. I wanted to do more, but like I said, I was trying to move my desk, and I just haven't gone around to it because I've been busy at work. So until then, I will be back with the post-show, probably still in the office, and then uh, we'll see. All right, we'll see. I'm heavy into the the 5K training now. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually make a video on my phone about that because I got that CapCut application, so I'm gonna try to use it. All right, you guys. I see you later. Tune in tonight. Peace.